Boreas. I, I still don't understand if you like that game or not. I don't really, um, for the most part. Uh, I like it. I it, think it's I think it's the only fighting game. It is sort of. Um, I, I I don't know why. I, I find it, it's the only fighting game. It is the only fighting game. It's the only fighting game that I find infuriating because I've played a ton of fighting games and I usually don't have such a ba- bad reaction to them. Um, one thing I always liked about I played 400 or so hours, I believe, of, or it could be like 300, but it doesn't matter, of Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, and in Dragon Ball Fighters, there were always um, top tiers. Uh, there were always characters that uh, were doing better. And there were um, long block strings and hard to see mix ups and cheap bullshit and all that kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, I, I, I just never had a problem with it. I, I, I in, never. And in that game, did you play top tiers? I, I didn't. Did you play any of them? No. You didn't play any of them? Um, I didn't, I did not play top tiers. I played actually really low tiers and came up with my, um, my own tech for them. I played a lot of Zamasu, um, and I had a really specific, um, I forgot who, who else I, I played. I think, I'm trying to remember. It was like a lot of like hit Zamasu and trying to think of my other, uh, Tien. Tien wasn't terrible, but I, 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 never really i didn't play the um the characters that people would agree were like super top tier broken at the time and i had a really great time with it and i I, I never really annoyed me that much why i don't know why so what's the difference one thing like like uh, for whatever reason I, i i think we've talked about this before team games kind of frustrate me more and it can be my problem it can be my fault plenty of times that uh i make mistakes or i feel like i have to go crazy to carry and i just keep getting myself killed or like not thinking a lot about oh, it okay but See, now you're confusing me because you're talking about team games and i thought you meant like a tag game oh no no i meant like yeah i meant uh more um like actual uh team games or for, for whatever reason like league will will kind of will frustrate me if um yeah i get a random that's afk or uh ram that's not doing the right thing or like sometimes valorant is is frustrating more more so on like in like ranked or something i find it frustrating if you get uh a, the random or the enemy team has just some some crazy um person that seems like they're smurfing or they're popping off um but fighting games usually weren't that like have never really been that frustrating to me and i could play uh galloway is usually better at tekken and that's another game that i've played hundreds and hundreds of hours of and um i i, I could go hours like losing um and still enjoying it a lot and still being like wow that's really impressive that like you worked that new thing in or good read or um he'd be impressed by like you know the same kind of things like me learning to parry something well or just i've never had that kind of frustration and guilty gear i find so incredibly frustrating so incredibly frustrating um i don't understand why it makes no sense to me if I had to guess, like, the one problem, other than how incredibly, ridiculously strong Soul is, to, to the, like, it, to crushingly strong, and it's something that we don't even deal with that much, um, because we we still play more uh, against each other than, uh, than online, and online, I bet you're probably playing against a, a bunch of different people at once, and, like, uh, switching who you're fighting against, rather than just, like, having, like, a really long set with a soul or something but that 
character is just it's the it's one of the it's probably the worst balanced character that i've played in a fighting game like it reminds me of in vanilla street fighter 4 sagat was like ridiculously strong and one of the problems with sagat being strong was that he had every tool um sagat's like a shoto so sagat had a shuriken he had a projectile he had a uh a care cancel on one of his moves where he would take this big step forward and you could cancel it and you could cancel it into stuff like his knee which moved you full so because of that it was an entire screen punish he had the highest amount of damage in the game and he also had the strongest um ultimate um in in street fighter 4 there was a comeback mechanic where uh, like a revenge meter and you could do an ultra uh, when you yeah. get hit enough and Sagat was without a doubt the strongest like his was like a on a full health person it was like an 80% like 70% 80% uh, touch sure. so he was it, the fucked up thing about that character was not only was he strong easy to play but he had every single tool so it kind of invalidates like when you when you think about how strong that character was and you looked at the rest of the cast it'd be like well i kind of want to play ryu but why the fuck would you play ryu ryu has projectiles ryu has footsies ryu is zoning sagat does that sagat has two projectiles he has a high and a low he has a sure you can invincible sure you can he has a care cancel sure you can or knee he has the best damage in the game he has the best keep out in the game he has the best rush down in the game and he has every option that any character could want he was just like sure. absolutely ridiculously broken and it's the worst character to be broken because if it, if it was another character if if like in guilty gear the strongest character in the game were potemkin um people just would agree like oh it's the strongest character in the game is potemkin it would still be a character that would like require a lot of time and probably matchup knowledge um if the strongest character in the game were definitely zato then it would be a character that a lot of people would just stay away from because they're like i don't want to do the negative edge shit i don't want to do the combos people who are bad would fuck up a lot on him and then people who practiced a lot would be like impossible and unfun to beat and people could agree that he's the best character but at least it would be more contained and you would still have the thing where the rest of the cast um, it would it would not like he him being good would not invalidate the rest of the cast. Um, but Soul being good does invalidate the rest of the cast because he has a ridiculously strong command grab. He has like the best pressure tools in the game that are also the easiest and require the least amount of learning. Um, he has some of the most high damage combos in the game based off of just yeah, like so, a Roman yeah. cancel. And he has a corner. He has full screen corner carries. He's like impossibly safe on almost all of his options except for one option which is a full screen like sliding anti-projectile he has every tool in the game they're all the best they're the strongest he does the most damage there's really no reason to play any of the character half the time so that's a bad start like that's that's kind of a one thing that's frustrating but it's not the main thing that frustrates me if it was if i had to say one main thing that like frustrates me a lot it's that being on uh the guilty gear is a game that has always had uh, matchup problems and I'm not saying that either that any of us are phenomenal or and I'm not even talking about like the recent time where uh, I went really far ahead in a matchup Nagoru Yuki versus Chip and then you took it all the way back and then won like 15 straight in a row and it was just very frustrating that didn't happen but go on but it was it was more like six no it was way more than that uh, matchups are really wonky in this game historically like there's bad matchups uh, there's characters that are just like it, it was interesting uh, hearing from Ogawa, who is a longtime Guilty Gear pro, 
him and Gobo, who are probably the two best, or who are definitely the two best Zato in the world. And Ogawa is a Zato, like, main player who has been throughout the the history of Guilty Gear, um, has stuck with it. Uh, and, like, it, it's Guilty Gear is weird because it's been historically a game about matchups. Um, Eno has never been that good, and one of the big reasons why is that she can be really good in certain iterations of Guilty Gear, and she's always beaten very badly by Axel. Um, and Zato is another thing where Zato can be good or bad in, in different iterations. Sometimes he's bad, sometimes he's good, but he usually just straight up loses to Axel, and then Axel loses to the top tier characters. So it's a weird game of like counterpicking or... Um, sometimes a patch just comes out where a character is so strong that like a character loyalist wins that wins for, for a long time. Uh, so that, those kind of things are kind of frustrating. And, and they, they were just Ogawa and, and, uh, Gobo were saying that like, this is the worst iteration, uh, balance wise of Guilty Gear that like, they were specifically talking about, about soul. soul, um, that like they, they were talking, they agreed that like, you know, Zato has bad matchups and they specifically mentioned Axel, uh, but that uh, you can even you can try to like thread the needle and do better, and you can try and take some games from them, but that like Soul is impossible. Is like he just does everything; he's too good. Um, so those things oh, are. Th- this sounds again like you're talking about Soul. If I if I had to like nail down the most annoying thing, it is that uh, when you're losing, you're not getting to play for a long time. And it's it is very frustrating. It, that's end of, end of story. Like the for for whatever reason, I don't know. I can't exactly say why the overall game feels like that. But for the most part, when people are losing, you just hear them complain about the character, the matchup. Um, it feels impossible, uh, and I totally understand it actually because it, like I, I I feel like that a lot of times where you could just start the, the some a matchup can swing in a certain way and. It'll just go like 10 in a row where it feels like you're not learning, that you're just losing, that none of your options work, that your normals are getting beaten. And the game isn't fun then because the game is like a lot about like expressing yourself with the character. And when you're losing this game, like you lose that expression. Usually you're just getting um, beaten on every angle. You're like your normals are getting beaten. Your rushdown's getting beaten. You can't open them up. Um, You're not getting to play. Um, And also damage is at a point right now where it's very, very high. Uh, and most people's combos will, like, if they touch you, they're going to do, like, 40 to 60% health and then set up for something else. So you don't get a lot of choices sometimes. Like, while they're having fun, like, doing combos, sometimes you're just waiting around for that combo to be over and you don't get a lot of, like, actual um, agency. You still play it? I still play it. The, the, it, it, it is uh fresh maybe it's just that frustration is so close to like what whatever what is the thing like like anger is close to love like um the it, it is it is so gorgeous the game looks so gorgeous uh the i love the music uh the, when you're at when i'm doing the combos it is a phenomenal fighting game um in neutral a lot of times it feels like a phenomenal fighting game um there's times like the the when when i'm in a set uh that uh goes pretty 50 50 and it's going back and forth, and it's not like ten straight one way, ten straight the other way. Like that does feel pretty good, actually. A lot of times, um, that doesn't always happen. In a lot of cases, this the the sets even even if you're, I, I think you could agree that probably um, winning a lot in a row sometimes just doesn't feel good anyway. Um, That's true. Yeah. So you you are like it is like uh, when you get that 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 perfect situation of like both people are 
like the matchup is evolving and both people are doing pretty well and it's pretty 50 50 and it's going back and forth and anything can happen that feels pretty good and it's and all the other th- all the other things shine about the game at that point all like the you know the music being great the graphics looking great yeah. so so i do think though that all of us uh have at points committed to a defeatist attitude about like there's nothing i could do like my character doesn't have an answer where the game is is still pretty young like you know characters move sets aren't as expansive as like a, a tekken move set but but i do feel like we are not at the point of fully understanding what our characters are capable of yeah i and... I, I wouldn't disagree with you I, I i have been somewhat impressed by uh how simplistic they've made the initial game like uh, the first two days you know uh it, it felt like you know everyone can do slash heavy slash a move and why didn't the game tell us that but also i was feeling like does it get much harder than that like it just do characters most in, in beta it seemed like characters had like one combo for the most part it really seemed like there was like a there, there was like a crazy simplicity to it and i didn't know if they just wanted to go for that on purpose but it does feel like uh, as time has gone out, the characters, even with as simplistic of their movesets, initially felt more samey and have actually moved further apart. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and at the start of the game, I, I also think that a lot of people, aside from Soul uh, and Ram, like people did miss, you know, miss the mark on on tearing out some of the characters. For sure, Chip Chip uh, was like, like a like dead Milia. last. I think like, Chip, like Chip, Chip and Milia, yeah, Chip and Milia were both like basically dead last, if I remember. Correctly, most people agreed. Like that was when people were thinking Faust is kind of mid-tierish. Um, Chip and Milia are. Chip was like a joke on the first couple days. Like I, I, th- there, there was there is videos that were t- that are titled like, "What is this character even supposed to do?" Because the combos weren't there yet, the setups weren't, the set play wasn't there yet, and he just wasn't doing a lot of damage initially. And people weren't doing like these crazier, longer combos or set plays, so they weren't setting up for more damage. And then it would be like I- I've seen Chip, Chip versus Nagoriyuki, where Chip is playing like Nor- Nagoriyuki. He's playing the footsies, and he gets a hit, does a little bit of damage. Nagoriyuki's playing footsies, he gets a hit, hits Chip for eighty percent of his health, and it felt like a joke. It was like, why does Chip have no health and low damage? Um, which is definitely not the case anymore. Like he does have ridiculous camp damage combos. He has. Um, like a lot of set play and yeah, is agreed off upon of mid. Yet. Yeah, it, it is weird. Ch- off of mid with no meter, Chip doesn't have damage really. No. But as long as he gets, if he has tension, uh, he'll wall break you no matter where you are on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, but even the weird thing about Chip also is that his counter hits uh, mid screen don't lead to more damage. Uh, so it's pretty much if he's mid screen and has no tension, like he still has to set you up which isn't very hard i mean he has all the all the tools that he would need to but but yeah i mean so it'll be interesting to see i think that ram is going to be falling off like i think that little by little ram has become a character uh she doesn't have a lot of options she has a few good options but ultimately her corner game is still like absolutely broken and her normals are still amazing but i do agree with you that like i think she's the least expressive character by far and that's in her like the, the i for the rest of this for a lot of the characters in this game w- like regardless of the other things i talked about balance and how frustrating i find this this game a lot of times um they the, some of the characters that they made in this initial roster are like fighting game gold uh, nagoriyuki is one of the most intricate 
well thought out fighting game characters I have ever played. He's unbelievable. I think people love the character. I don't know if they, I don't know what exactly, if it's just everything at once, if people love the aesthetic, if people love um, waiting around for like, like blocking him for a little bit and then getting this like big massive damage combo, um, how much he can pop off with his, his, his tool set being that like he gets to cancel all of his normals. Like just, there's so much brilliant design work that went into him. Yeah, I, like, even, I love... in, even in characters like Axel, who I don't like, like he, he has an attitude about him, like in his gameplay, uh, they kind of have to, like, it goes to the fact that the game is very matchy, right? Of the characters are like constantly expressing themselves. Like you feel the weight of fighting against different characters. No two characters really feel the same to fight against. Uh, you know, like Faust, also extremely expressive. Not not as good as some of the older Fausts. He he lost the pogo. Uh, he lost the doors in exchange for scarecrows. But but yeah, I I agree with you. And it'll be fun to see the roster uh, build out. And it'll also be interesting to see like this has to be their most successful like. If if it's not, then I guess it would. I would think Dragon Ball Fighters through. might be. But... Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And um, and also Dragon Ball Fighters. The good thing about Dragon Ball Fighters is I know it was like so ridiculously su- successful, and also it put that like name on the map more. In the same way that like the Persona team like uh, was making so many games and deserved people's attention, but wasn't really getting it, and just slowly like weaned themselves into. Now I would say like Persona Six would probably be a completely mainstream game, which is weird to think about because five has been the first one that people actually played in mass. Um, but I feel like Dragon Ball fighters was that for Arxis Dragon Ball fighters, put Arxis on the map. People know the yeah. name. Um, people are more like aware of them and their games are you guilty gear used to be like a niche game and fighting games are already niche. So it was even smaller than that. And I feel like Arxis is really a ha- more of like a household name, more of like most gamers. I think at this point, know Arxis. Um, say that, but I but I do agree with you that they're definitely more prevalent. Uh, with Dragon Ball Fighters, what was the cadence of updates and patches? It was it was a uh, way quicker. I feel like it was quicker than this. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it took a little. I think it might have taken a little while to get going. The game's only been out a month. I think it's been out exactly a month. I, I you know you know it, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I do feel like a lot of other devs would have like a roadmap. You know, like those kind of things make people. A little bit more calm um uh maybe like a like a roadmap for like here's when we're thinking about the first dlc and i would be really interested to think about to to hear when they plan to look at balance um because cool if they did a balance patch with the first character just to be like hey soul soul we know is like they don't need to do a massive balance patch but just be like hey soul's weaker now uh his standing slash you know is worse or something like that or his damage or his they, that's the main thing recovery. for me is is the damage like like and the standing slash like those two things if if those were toned down i would be i would be more okay with the character because he also is a character uh like you said like Sagat, who feels like he has uh more options than he deserves mm-hmm. yeah i don't really know why he has they, they i feel like they could have taken done away with the command grab that he has it's like he really has everything he, he it's insane that he has like yeah. he has an anti uh, a full screen anti projectile. He has the Shoryuken. He has uh, one of the better command grabs in the game. Um, like frame traps. In fact, in fact, like his slash being a frame trap on itself is like really rare. Like I don't even I can't think of other characters that can just hit slash because he he it, not only is it a massive hitbox 
and a frame trap, but it moves him forward. So he can just like yeah. sit there and do it in a way that is like not, you don't so see it, it on the rest it, of the cast. Yeah, it's funny because the other character who has that is actually uh, Potemkin. Uh, but Potemkin needs to Kara it. So if he Kara's the the flame, the his flamethrower is a is a frame trap. And at the end of the frame trap, he gets a Potemkin buster, but, but it requires a Kara. So it's not the same as like, I just hit slash. You mm-hmm. know? And also uh, Leo has it on a, when he's in the stance and then yeah. he does quarter circle back heavy. That's a frame trap. Um, but again... Uh, you know, these are more complicated situations and a little bit more complex than, you know, maybe this. And maybe maybe was. more so than anything, it's probably really important just to talk about how, uh, not not to talk about for a long time, but I, if, if anything needs to get fixed other than the after soul is uh, the lobbies. Like, they, they're still... Or, or even just communicating with server. I the think communicating that with server the, is I, a bad problem. That's actually the biggest problem. Yeah. Uh, the, game takes, the game takes five minutes to open. And, yeah. and that sucks because it would be really nice just to be like, all right, we have five minutes. Let's hop in and play a couple rounds of Guilty Gear before we do something else. Like that, that would be ideal. And that's not an option. So this is the part of the podcast where I ask you, how would you feel about downloading Blaze Blue Central Fiction? Why do you ask that? Uh, love Blaze Blue. You <laughs> own it. Are you just trying to, why is there like a, is there a deal on it or something? No, I already own it. Uh, it just has an insanely large cast. Um, it probably opens quickly, and I'm curious. You know, I never really played it. Um, you played the other Blaze Blues. Not, I played not them, the but mo- I didn't play more... Central Fiction. I didn't play Central Fiction, and I feel like I missed out a little bit on I don't know. I would think about it, but also it, it is like there is a fighting game out right let's, now. Let's, let's even, noodle on Even that. for all, all its faults. All right, well, it's... I, I really like Guilty Gear. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, sometimes I, I do get salty. I can be as salty as everybody else. Like, I, I can feel just as bad as everybody else does. But I think that at the end of the day, I I still just really like the game. I, I uh, want maybe, to like it more than maybe, I do a lot of the times. Maybe maybe I'll like it less when I get up to... Right now, I'm on floor 8. I keep getting knocked down to floor 8 from floor 9. I think that I can make it through floor 9 now and get to floor 10. And maybe that's where I'll start to dislike the game a little bit more. Yeah, I certainly think, like, the... I, I can imagine, like, a lot of other games, it just becoming more unfun. Like, we're more at the point where um, you're kind of expected to lab out some of the characters, which means, like, if I wanted to lab out certain characters that I'm, like, Not having problems characters, with... it's matchups. Like, matchups. Know, but, it would, but you'd have to, like... In a lot of cases, that means you have to, like, learn the other, the, the other character well yeah. enough to be able to do the block strings to put on a recording and stuff like that. That's the that's my least favorite thing to deal with is recording uh, block strings for characters and then dealing with them. Yeah. Uh, I'm someone who spends a lot of time in practice mode and I'm and I don't even have to like um do like a lie about that. Like I spend a lot of time in practice mode. Yeah, you're not uh, 16. That is one thing. That is one thing I loathe is uh is is creating the character block strings. I'll, I'll do combos all day. I'll do combos until my fingers hurt, but the block strings are just, it's not fun. It's not fun because it requires that initial setup. Yeah. Also, blocking is less fun than attacking, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's Guilty Gear. That's a lot of Guilty Gear. Uh, this is What's the Deal with Guilty Gear, episode 267. That's a For lot the week of, of uh, 7-Eleven. Whoa, free slurpee! Whoa, free slurps! What am I doing? If you're if you're listening to this, you haven't gotten you. If you're listening to this, your slurp chance is done. It's over. It's over. We are we're 13 days from my birthday. My My birthday. birthday. Wow. 
That's the uh, only joke we have. That's the bad. That's a bad one. Um, and ugh, I'm into my thirties. And you're, yeah. I mean, I'm 31. Welcome. I'm a gross. I I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet, but I I bought a house. Like I, I said that I was looking for a house. I think I yeah, you did. bought a house. You I finally bought, did it. I bought one. I bought it. Oh well, I don't know if I got to say it. I I don't know the last time I recorded, but uh, I found out that it was happening on uh, July 2nd. So I bought a house in Pittsburgh. Very excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna game out over there. You know, I'm gonna be uh, getting some. I'm going to be getting a pinball machine to start with. Very excited for that. I think I already mentioned that, but I, I'm going to keep saying it because I need to will it into existence through saying Put it, it on like a, uh, what is um, it, a dream board or something? Yeah, a vision board. I'm I'm not I'm not against vision boards. I'm actually very pro-vision board. I wasn't, be, I wasn't being against them. Yeah, yeah. and I think that once uh, we get the house, um, once we're in the house, I think that we will have like a sort of vision board for like, Okay, here's our here's our quest. Here's our objectives, right? Yeah, get a blender. Like, like we have a blender. I think it's more like get oh. uh, fin- finish the basement. Um, get a fence. Getting oh. a fence is like that's that's like the tutorial quest because that's actually we need to do that before we do anything because we have a dog, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna game out. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make a. I I am currently very uh in a small area, but I'm hoping to expand my influence and have um a bigger area for gaming that loose your so that's going to be that's going to be both for like board games like i have enough space to like really get something good going with board games and also uh with having a better like pc uh tv setup where i would like to be able to play pc games while sitting on like a couch so i'm thinking like i will have like an like a semi office slash living room area where I'll have the, the PC table and everything like that. But then also like a couch against the back wall with like a TV so that we could like, uh, you know, just sit and, and chill and play PC games with controllers or whatever. I have, I have plans, you know, I've got plans for big video games and for little video games, Ooh. video, video games and, and games in general, pinball games, board games of all shapes. Have um, you been playing any big or little video games? Besides Guilty Gear? Uh, not really. Um, have you been playing Scarlet Nexus? I've been Are playing a little bit that? of Scarlet Nexus. I Have you seen this one? Have you heard of this one? I, I bet have, most people I have, haven't. I have seen it and heard of it. Um, I was playing a little bit of it. I was playing it yesterday. What is it? Is it Bayonetta? Is it, no. is it like Bayonetta? I don't even... I don't know. It It is hard to... Um, is it a character action game? It, is it a Devil May Cry? N- none, I guess. I don't know. It's like... It, I, get, I think it's closer to a like a tales game i would say because it's a jrpg um set in a what is it brain brain punk brain punk punk city um and brain punk i guess means that like there's a chip in your brain and um you see and like the characters for one so one cool thing that happens early on is that the, the there is a last it's like a last city and it's beleaguered and attacked by something called others which are which are basically um, shadows from, uh, from Kingdom Hearts. From from well, no, uh, no. Why, why can't I think <laughs> of uh, the uh, Persona enemies? Okay, sure. They, they're the same kind of. They look very similar. Like for example, one one of the main ones. They, they reuse enemies brutally often. Like holy shit. Like like I've I think I've like seen Neo like Neo One. Like I've been in multiple different. Yeah, it's like Neo One. I've been in multiple different 
uh, environments and I've seen like three enemies and like I've seen multiple bosses where it's like, oh shit, it's a big boss thing. And it's the same alligator. Um, anyway, uh, that has like, it has like an alligator, it's like an alligator that has like metal covering it and then all these like pustules. But like one of the main enemies I see all the time is like a bouquet of flowers with legs. Um, okay. So it's it's very it it does remind me of Persona. It's very like weird uh, visual style, impossible looking things, and there the others, um, and they're attacking this like last city. And there's a very I don't even know what it like. I I'm trying to think of what uh, there I because there's definitely anime that is exactly like this. But there's like a an OSF. It's like they're the uh, the the guardians of the last city, and they're very. Um, uh, popular, like they're like they're pop stars, kind of at the same time, where they're like all the TV sh- uh, talk about their exploits. They're like, oh, the, uh, and enemies are attacking this side of town, and then cameras show, uh, you know, the OSF members, and they it's all like ha- some. It's the, very. Is this like the boys? It's kind of well, it's like My Hero Academia, where everyone has an ability, and they're sure. all a part of like an academy, and they're in different um, groups, uh, it, where like they're in different teams that have a leader. And yeah, everyone has their one ability. They just graduated the academy, and you're they're a part of this like defense squad, and they're also built up in the culture, um, at being popular. Like TV shows are about like, oh, K- uh, Kusane is a new member Got of the it. group, and she's killing it with her psychic dagger. Um, so uh, you you get to uh, the, the the game starts. You know, there's two different paths, and apparently you have to play both paths to um, see the entire story. I think the paths come in around 25 hours maybe i think if it's you choosing a boy character or a boy, a girl boy character or right? girl character but they're different stories um and apparently Which one did you choose the girl character okay. um so uh that's what i've got uh, so far and then uh between missions you go to a hideout and you talk to your friends and then sometimes they have uh stories where you've talked to them enough you gave them some presents and then they want to talk to you more and then your bond with them grows when you take them out on, do you, do you get field. to play as the other characters? No, the they, they they play they like your when you're fighting, uh, they're there, they're running around, and then you can activate an ability of theirs that modifies you. So, for example, there's a character that goes invincible and attacks with knives and backstabs people, and if you have him on your team, you can use his ability. You can become invisible and backstab. And then there's a character that creates clones, and if you use her on your team, um, you can clone things in the environment to throw her the main the character that i'm playing as her main thing is that she is psychic so her she has um regular attack strings from x like or like she has like a regular attack string like a like a light attack uh heavy attack jump and um there is also a psychic move that you can weave in uh so there would be a lot of like every uh building in this world has tons of um steel chairs and ladders strewn about them and then you'll be attacking an enemy and then you can just pick up a ladder and slam it into an enemy so that's kind of how the the game goes um it's a little bit slow it's it's way too slow and unresponsive to be called a devil may cry kind of game like it's not that uh quick with combos i uh around uh like eight hours i think is it like a jrpg it's very it's more jrpg it's it's more action jrpg than anything it's more like i said like a tales game like a yeah like a trials of manner like a tales game where where um it's definitely a little bit slower um and a little bit wonkier 
than a straight up action game. It doesn't like it's not like you're like rolling around and like hyper fast and dodging. There is a dodge, but the game is usually a little bit slower than that. Um, it could you could not call it a straight up action game, but um, it's been pretty good. I think that the the some of the stuff that is going to happen in the game is like far telegraphed. Uh, the the government in this world seems horrendous, and there's a lot of like things that they're talking about that is just like I know you're going to pull on that later um, to show that like these characters are being manipulated by the government and probably the government is making this, uh, these others or whatever, um, or pulling like, you know, the wool over the, the eyes of the, the, the public, I guess. Um, so do you think that this is a game that y'all stick with? I don't know. It's hard to say. I do like, I, I do enjoy it in these smaller spurts of like playing one level and putting it down. Um, the music is like phenomenal. Like I would actually ask people to look at the soundtrack and there's uh, one of the first things that, you know, made me suddenly stop and realize how crazy the music was, was uh, like the the main city is Suo, S-U-O-H. Um, and uh, the the theme of it is incredible. Like it, it's like this like chiptunesy, um, poppy track. It's so good. And it's and it's it, it's amazing. Like it's it like a lot of the the song the music are are really fit the environments really well. And uh, I just love that yeah, kind of stuff. It's a pretty good song. I just love when when uh when music fits the environment perfectly and like really like kind of gives you the atmosphere. Um, so there's there's good there's good things about this game. I don't want to uh uh count it out so far. I I do yeah. want to keep going. And it, it it looks great actually. The visual I don't I don't know if I said, but it's a very anime. Uh, visual style, and I think it's one of the best at actually capturing that. It's probably one of the best of the uh, 3D uh, looking like games that uh, do like 3D anime. Um, so when you buy a game, do you typically buy a game with the intention of seeing it through to the end? Not really. I just want to try it out, um, see if I if I am gonna enjoy it or not, rather yeah. than just like rather than just feeling like I must finish it. The, the uh, Game Pass future is is gonna make you thrive. I know. Uh, yeah. I I I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I haven't been that much about that. I'm that way with books. I, when I pick up a book, usually, especially recently, like I, I will see that book through to the end. Yeah. Um. But I've been playing a JRPG also. I've been playing Monster Hunter Stories Two: Wings of Ruin. What so this this game more than any other game I think so far I've I debated whether or not to get it on Switch or PC, and, and this is like a constant um, issue for me of what to get it on because uh, the Switch is really like every every release it's showing its age a little bit more and you know uh, they just they just. Uh, announced the the new model of the switch is is essentially just going to be an oled switch so a crisper uh monitor with darker blacks and and you know a lot of people were hoping for a hardware upgrade myself included because there are so many games that are really hampered by being on the switch games that i really like even like hyrule warriors uh feels pretty framey even uh hades was not as bad, but you definitely still felt it that you were playing it on Switch, especially in in some of the in like the second area a lot. Uh, Disgaea Six. The worst thing that people are saying about that game is how poorly it performs. So I, I think that it's like a total bummer that we're not getting a stronger version of the Switch. And not you know not last to mention Monster Hunter Stories too. Uh, can dip below thirty 
on the Switch. I mean, it, it's totally playable because Monster Hunter Stories 2 is a turn-based uh, JRPG, but but it sure would be nice if I if I didn't have to choose whether I wanted to play a game at you know a good frame rate or have that portability. It'd be nice to have both. Yeah, uh, but I but no, I did. That, that stuff matters decide. anyway. The way the look of of games absolutely one hundred percent matters, and even if it's a game that doesn't require precision, like a JRPG, exactly like you said. If the game looks, like, incredible, then it's, like, you know, drawing you into the world. Like, that minor bit of immersion. And it, every time yeah. you're feeling, like, the game stuttering or hitching or the frame rate drop, it's noticeable. It, like, takes you out of that experience. Yeah, and, and for what it's worth, uh, it does look incredible. Like, it is a great-looking game. It looks like it'd and be I incredible that, on PC. And I, I think that uh, the reason why... I guess they didn't want to make certain aesthetic. Um, I don't know what the word is, but they they didn't want to like reduce the effects. Like they wanted this game to have like at, like look the way that it does. But it's but it's upsetting because you know we've seen one of the first games that came out for the Switch was Breath of the Wild, and this game definitely borrows some aesthetic choices from Breath of the Wild. And we know that the Switch, if people were doing Nintendo's tricks, I don't know it's sorcery nintendo you know knows or has about this platform that nobody else can harness uh but it is just upsetting that like we you know that this game can't look the way that it looks and also run at a good frame rate especially and, and you know it just makes it all the more sour that you know breath of the wild was one of the first games on switch and i think it tricked everyone into thinking that it the was switch stronger than was it stronger than it was yeah uh so monster hunter stories 2 is uh, I, I did get on the Switch. I chose the portability because I'm also uh, going to be traveling soon, so it's going to be nice to have a, a Switch game. But it is a sort of Pokemon-style monster hunting and collecting game um, where you are capturing and and like taming different uh, monster hunter monsters like Rathians and Yankakus and Kuluyakus and all that. Uh, and you're like befriending them, you're riding them, they're giving you, as you unlock a larger repertoire of monsters, uh, you're getting access to different special mobility options. Like certain monsters can swim. So once you have a swimming monster, you can get to this area on the map. And you know, this monster can jump really high. This one can break rocks. This one has a super dash, so it can just run really fast across the map. Uh, so as you're unlocking monsters, you're like Metroidvania style getting access to uh, new areas in maps that you were before. And the actual, uh, there's like pretty much like a story of like, there is this um, guardian monster that was looking over your village that was like, uh, it started to be hunted by like this, like larger imperial army and, and like sort of chased off your guardian monster. So your village asks you to go out and to find the Guardian Rathian again so that it can go back to protecting your village. The story is good, like the writing is good, like tip like Monster Hunter in general has like good dialogue. Like the, the ultimately like the story in this game is better than your usual Monster Hunter game, but it has like the same like pretty good writing and good characters. The actual gameplay is really interesting and it gets more and more in depth the more that you play it. Um, but ultimately the way that it works is they have, you know, like all Pokemon and monster games, they have this sort of like rock, paper, scissors of, uh, different types of moves where there's like a red, blue, green, right. And the red move beats the green move beats the blue move, uh, 
And and these essentially work as like when you're fighting, you're controlling. Uh, there are four characters on your team that are acting at once. So there's you and another rider and then the two monsters. Um, and you essentially see what the other enemy, who the other enemy is going to attack. And you are persona style trying to hit them with a move that will prevent them from hitting you. Mm-hmm. So like, and as you do that, you're getting like uh, style points. And at the end of the fight, you are getting more drops based on how stylish uh, you were in the middle of the fight. Like, based on, like, how many times you interrupted them, how many times you did, like, combo attacks with your monsters. The combo attacks of you, like, working together with your monsters are, like, super flashy. And so, like I said, the monsters are attacking, and, and so are you. So you are a rider. You have access to different monster hunter weapons. Uh, so there are six uh, monster hunter weapons in the game. They have uh, slashing weapons of like greatsword and sword and shield. They have impact weapons of hunting horn and hammer. And then they have uh, piercing weapons from the bow and the gun lance. So it is kind of a bummer that they don't have like a larger suite of monster hunter weapons. I imagine that as the series progresses, that's something they would add. But they do have the different flavor of the different weapons. So if you're using a bow, uh, you're getting like charge attacks off. Like you're you're spending turns charging up attacks, and then you're releasing them to do, uh, you know, like charged up like super moves. Uh, you are using coding attacks and things like this. It's very easy to see how these different monster hunter weapons are translating into turn based. Of like with the charge with the charge sword, it's like sort of the great sword. You're sort of doing the same thing. Or you're also like building up this meter so that you can unleash like this giant attack. And with Hunting Horn, you know, you're doing buffs. Uh, your character is at any time uh, using three different weapons that you're switching between and a party of five different monsters. So you're trying to sort of like synergize. You're working on the fact that your monster has fire and the enemy is weak to fire. So things like that. But then there's also this more complicated system of uh, gene pools of the different monsters of you can get access to rarer eggs that will have enhanced genes and then there is like this three by three grid of gene pools and you can essentially like luck out if your monster ends up having like three of a kind on this like bingo card of a gene pool that will give them access to like uh unique abilities unique attacks unique passives and things like that so i i'm still pretty early on in the game and people say that the game does like slowly unleash systems to you but but i don't know the idea of like finding a nargakuga egg and like having access to a nargakuga is like really exciting the, the game has over 80 monsters which doesn't sound like a lot but then you think about how much of pokemon is filler monsters yeah. and like That's evolution true. monsters so when you take out like evolutions from pokemon or like the garbage monsters that you wouldn't use anyway. Like 80 monsters, 80 plus monsters. And you know, this is a game also that will have a roadmap of more monsters, more endgame systems like all the uh, other Monster Hunter games have. Like it sounds pretty good. There's uh, there's also going to be in the endgame, there are sort of like the co-op raids uh, similar to Monster Hunter where you had like these monsters that you could only fight in a larger group. And also there is a PvP of your team. You could fight other... Did you... I, 
I'm not sure if you said this. Did you play the first Monster Hunter stories? I didn't. I did not. No. It's weird because I... It was a 3DS only game. Okay. So maybe that's why. But I, I felt like that one was very... Um, like, didn't really release to any acclaim um, that I remember. I don't remember people really talking about it as much. And this one, I feel like has had a, a big wave behind it, and a lot of people are talking about it. Well, I think Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter is, is bigger, is bigger I, I guess, in general, yeah. Like, the, the, also, the franchise is much... Yeah, also, Monster Hunter Stories, the original one, was like... I, I think it came out on the 3DS after the Switch was out. Yeah, this one does look gorgeous, and that certainly helps, and it, it has, like, that amazing style. Um, you know, I, 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 when I was talking a lot about uh, Rise, I, I think this is the perfect example uh, of, of how much I... I, I really loved Rise a lot, Monster Hunter Rise. Um, it's the best Monster Hunter, in my opinion, so far that I like that I, I've enjoyed the most. Um, but I feel like I would have quadruply enjoyed it. Like it would have been Game of the Year with a bullet um, if uh, it had this style. Actually, like if if it went for a uh, this like this lighter pastel, bright um, uh, Breath of the Wildy look. Uh, I think it would it would have looked better on the Switch. I think it would have had more of a um, an actual aesthetic. Uh, it would have looked more interesting. Like the way it looks right now is more like you know it's it's going for that semi realistic and it it doesn't always pull it off that well. Yeah. So I'm into this game. I uh, the reason why I asked whether you uh, finish games that you intend to buy, like whether you buy games you intend to finish, is oftentimes I don't. But I think that this is a game. Uh, where I'll actually see it through to the end. Despite, yes, sometimes like, you know. Sometimes you know. Sometimes you do just know. And and sometimes it's easy to know at the start of a game. Like, you're just like, okay, there's there's something special about this one. And I think that for me, uh, if you're someone... Also, if you're someone who can look past uh, uh, sub-30 frame rates in the city, like, that's that's the only place, by the way, where I've had problems with the frame rates. I mean, this, the field, this, have, have you ever been to a city in real life, though? The frame rates are pretty low. Yeah, it's miserable. Like in and similar to uh, real, similar to video games, uh, your experience in a city is better if you're looking at. Yeah, you really have to. If you, that, that makes a lot of rate that, you're abs, you are that that is the truest thing. Put that on a shirt. I don't know how you would put that on a shirt actually, because there it would require some sort of setup. But um, uh, the the yes, you're you're exactly right. If you look at the ground. You the your the frame rate is high. You're you don't have all the pop in that you have in the city. Um, it just looks better that way. You don't have to look at um, you know the horrible things, the clowns that are about the roving gangs of clowns that uh, both drag the frame rate down and try and kill you. That that are in every major American liberal city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And is anyone following me? I'm following you. It's it's so Monster Hunter Stories two. I recommend it. It's on PC also. People are review bombing it a little bit because of having uh de nouveau oh. uh so it does require that sort of always online if you're playing it on the um on pc but again like i think that it's a it's a totally good game on the on the switch uh one reviewer says makes pokemon look like a joke one reviewer says pokemon is overrated that's true i don't know how pokemon is still surviving it's interesting where are you reading the reviews i i uh on steam uh i i play um i play some I, I kind of stopped playing all the gotchas, but I still kind of look at um, uh, the Apple Store and what's coming out. Sure. And I'm always I don't know if you I, I this is this I'm, I'm I should uh, this should be a whole another podcast uh, is looking at reviews for games on the Apple Store because 
the, the, there's always if you've been to the Apple Store, I imagine you have. Uh, every game has like one review that's being highlighted, um, and usually the first thing that the review says is how it's the best game ever. Um, and then there's tons of incoherent and like grammatical mistakes, and the review it just shows like the difference between someone who. Like, I don't even think we're the greatest. We're not the most coherent video game reviewers. Most of the time, we're just rambling. But this is a, even another level of it. Um, and I just love the way that they just ask for, like, bizarre things. I took a picture of a... There's a game, a popular game. It's still one of the most popular free games called Granny. And I guess it almost works like... Granny? Granny. Um, it almost works, I guess, like a Hello Neighbor or, like, a, a Phasmophobia, where you're in a house and you're being hunted by a granny. But, um... The review just—I just could not stop laughing. I don't even know if it's worth it, but the review is: "I love you, Granny hates you. We are all trying to escape." Five stars. The Derp Hurricane two years ago. Best game in the world. What you have to know how. I got nightmares from it. First time playing it in the night, I got first nightmares. Here are some suggestions. First, add multiplayer. Come on, it's the best. One multiplayer is online where you need the Wi-Fi in the local where people near you play near you. Add mode where you can play as Granny. As Granny, you need to kill all players in your house. To see them, you either have to hear a sound or they make you or you see them when you have a sound you see them where you be a how sprint this game how does this game have a hundred million downloads and i've never heard of it Th- this is the we are so out of touch two more like, things or, or i am two more Go things on. second thing two more things add an insane amount of more pro people the second thing add two more things add an insane amount of more pro people it is the same objective, but more people. The second thing in the options before entering the game, add an option to two or have, add an option to two or have more grannies to make it harder. OMG, I forgot one more thing. Add another mode called outside. In this mode, your objective is when you escape the house. This person is just de- developing this game at this point. In this mode, your objective is when you escape the house, you need to find your way back to civilization. But before the game, there are five boxes. One is for the difficulty. The next one is for the one where multiple grannies, like I mentioned before. The next one is you want a Slenderina in it. I don't know what the fuck Slenderina is. The other is if you want Slenderina's well, mother. Slenderman. <laughs> it's it's a female Slenderman. Is it? Is can you can can we get um our can you Google up Slenderina? Um, yeah. The next is if you want Slenderina in it. The other is if you want Slenderina's mother to be in it. And the last one is if you have all them besides difficulty. You can only choose one of them. The difficulty is one of the last four. That is it. That is what I want in this game. I know it sounds like a lot, but it sounds fun, doesn't it? So doesn't that I sound like you can make looked, a podcast out of people <laughs> writing these fucking stupid reviews like the reviews I looked up, it, what i looked up slenderina um the first thing is people also ask how did slenderina died uh oh. granny attempted to go into the place the castle used to be and found her granddaughter's dead body holding a book she grabbed the book and ran back to her house she hid the teddy bear in the book and she took the spider and angeline then she killed herself whoa is Slenderman Slenderina is dead? The lore is so good. Slenderman is a major character slash antagonist in the Slenderina series. He's Slenderina's father and the grandfather of Slenderina. Then who is Slenderina's uh, mother that they care so much about? The main person was Slenderman, and now people are like, hey, and Granny, I want Slenderina and Slenderina's mother? Slenderina's allies are Slenderina's family and Granny. Slenderina is the main antagonist in the video game series of the same name, created by DV Loper. She is also a character in an Easter egg in the Twins and the Granny Game series. So I guess this is a... Slenderina is in the same universe. That's This is in the Granny cinematic universe. Oh, 
Okay. All right. That so now it's all coming together. But it just these reviews are insane what, because people just start writing things that they in? want. I don't know. It's definitely it looks Eastern Bloc, right? Yeah. Like the I'm looking at Genshin Impact is one of the most popular games, and like the the review on it is five stars, and the name of the review the the review title uh, is uh, very disappointing. But they gave it five stars. So this game is amazing, even though I only have time to partly play it, which goes directly into the reason why I'm writing this review. When I first joined the game, the first problem evolved when I was signing in. The game told me there was an error and suggested that I try again. I kept trying for more than seven minutes, but I had no improvement. So I said, oh, well, I'll try signing in with Game Center, and luckily it worked. I was so excited, but this game was recommended to my friends. The ads were tempting after logging in. Uh, I wanted to download see, the full I version. See or not. The, I want to see the top games ever, and it doesn't. You you can't find that. If I on on Google when I look for top free, I see like a hundred million and no a one million downloads, and it, and I know Granny is out there with a hundred million downloads. So where do I find the most downloaded? The the, well, the like, charting why, and stuff like this is terrible. Why is this understand. game like? Why is this review? The one that they show you first. Five stars, and the entire review is this person talking about how uh, the re- the game, they gave it five stars, they called it very disappointing, they said uh, they tried to log in for seven minutes, they couldn't do it, then they tried to download the game, but they downloaded half the game, then when they downloaded the full game, they didn't have enough space on their iPhone, so they del- here's the here's from this review, this is the most popular review here, um, I accepted this this time because it was glitchy at first, but as soon as I accepted, my screen went black and then back to the game, and apparently I didn't have enough storage space, so I was like, all right, I can clear some space. I deleted about eight apps out of my 12 apps, deleted my photos until I had 18 left. I also deleted my message I no longer needed. I went back to the game and tried again, but nope, same result. So I offloaded everything onto my computer and tried the game again, but still no change. It's very sad because I want a lot of photos and app progress just for this app, but still no change. Please help me. I would love to continue to play. Please help me. And that's the five-star review from Foxy112.89 on June 23rd. They said that they were not able to get into the game because first there was they were having problems downloading it, and then after that they didn't have enough space on their iPhone to download it. And that's a five-star review that, that, that like is being shown to me by Apple. The most popular uh, game of all time on Google Play is Subway Surfers with uh, 1.3 billion downloads. What does downloads. that game look like? Billion? 1.3 billion downloads. I'm surprised. How, that... many, how many people are in the world again? That doesn't sound legal. Let me see. Uh, world Subway Surfers. Population in 2021 is 7.9 billion people, which means that... 12% of people oh my God. have downloaded Subway Surfers. Oh my God. How? If, it, but if no, hold on. Doesn't that mean believed. 12% of people have downloaded Subway Surfers on Google and not on on the Apple App Store? Yeah. If you believe this, it does say 1 billion downloads. Look to your left. Look to your right. Both of the people to your left and your right are playing Subway Surfers and you are not. And you've I've never, actually seen you've people on the subway playing play Subway Surfers? Game. And I've been like, what the hell are they playing? Well, this actually, I'm looking at it, and it's just like Temple Run, right? Like, it's just basically a Temple Run kind of game. It's, it's like Frogger, I think, where you're moving between different, like, tracks to try to... Well, Frogger, it, it's more like Temple Run because you're you're going in a straight line, and then there's three tracks. Is Temple Run in a straight line? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Temple Run, the, Temple Run was the first of those where... You're running on a you're you're running down basically a straight line. Sometimes it turns right and turns left, but you're basically always running straight. And you swipe left or right, and you're, there's three lanes. And there's like 
pick there's like some lanes have a bad thing and some lanes have a good thing in it so you got to move over to the right lane to get the coins then you got to move away from to the middle lane because there's one a monster. billion download 1.3 billion download that's a lot right. oh and the third one is my talking tom and the fourth one is poo poo spelled how p-o-u p-o-u game it's, it's the most popular game so i, I should be wow think what you have to adopt a poo it looks like a so this looks like a tamagotchi but with a with very low quality artwork the artwork the, the poo looks more like a chicken nugget than it does like a poop it's not the emoji how does this how is this popular it's like how does the third this most popular have, thing how does this have six six hundred ninety two million downloads it's kind i don't of, understand isn't it the, is, isn't it weird from like a direct online like, it makes no sense imagine developers like imagine developers looking at this and thinking like someone just with, with like like made a quick and dirty tamagotchi and put it up this has on to be like children right like it, mostly yeah i guess so right but 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 the weird thing is that someone put a quick and dirty tamagotchi on on the app store and it's doing better than like in a world where we could they could just fucking put a tamagotchi is there a tamagotchi game on the app store i'm looking that up right now but if like why is there a Tamagotchi app? My Tamagotchi Forever. So there, so there's like an official version of this. People are playing My Talking Tom. It's a Tomcat, but also a Tamagotchi. It's clever. Whatever. Whatever. The world sucks. Oh <sighs> Let's think. Speaking of uh, how much the world sucks, I've also been playing Cruelty Squad. Go uh, for it. This is not a very good looking game. Uh, so this is a weird game. I, I would, I would say look up. Look up screenshots of this game. Like, listen to the soundtrack. What would you, yeah, what do you call game. that style? I forget. Uh, this is, well... It's like a Mountain Dew how, vomit kind of Here's style. how the game describes itself. An immersive power fantasy simulator with tactical stealth elements set in a sewage-infused garbage world. Um, garbage this, punk. Sure, this could be garbage punk. So it's essentially, like... The, the other weird thing is, like... So, so this is a game where it is sort of like Deus Ex or like Hitman, where they give you a target to go after in the level. Uh, you choose two weapons uh, to enter the level with and any number of body modifications uh, body that, that will help you uh, uh, like sort of achieve your goals. And then it is sort of like the sandbox of like there are different ways to get into the level, to infiltrate, where the first level... You're trying to get into this place and kill these two guys, and they're in like this giant, like skyscraper with glass. And if you go to one side, you'll find like a ladder that's kind of blended in with the textures of the world, and you'll you'll also find like this gated off area where it's like a back alley. But you could pull a bunch of garbage cans from different parts of the level and stack them up to climb over the the fence, and that is kind of the game that it is where it is like this sandbox where it is like, it makes you feel smart. It makes you feel like you're outsmarting the game by by doing these things, like stacking these objects to like infiltrate this area. But ultimately it's like what, you know, it, it's the way that the developers plan for. But one thing that's weird about this game is that sometimes you will load up the levels and the textures will be different because the the textures that are on the walls and on the floors and on everything are insane. They're just insane. And everything like a door in this game is if something has a different texture on the wall, it's a door. So a door could just 
look like a mound of flesh. Or it could look like a giant smiling face. Or it could just look like here's like some blue texture on a, on like this brown wall. Like the way that the game looks is absolutely insane. But it kind of like plays into everything that this game is going for. Where your character is part of like this cruelty squad. You are like a team of assassins that hunts down CEOs who are failing to like be as brutal as they should be. Like there is... That's not the direction that I thought that was going to go, huh? Yeah, it, it's it's weird where it's like there is a... One of the missions has you uh, hunting down the CEO of this um, interplanetary expedition company where you want to kill the CEO because he is not sending enough people to die on Mars. So, like, the powers that be are upset that there's not enough human sacrifices going on on Mars. So they want you to kill the CEO. So, And when you do that, the stock of that company goes up. And there's also the fact that you are buying and selling stocks. And you are also, like, consuming the corpses of things that you kill to regain health. And also picking up their, um, their organs uh, to sell in the market. And when you sell the organs on the market, that's giving you money to buy body modifications. Nah, it's a fever dream. Yeah, it's it's very weird. And the body modifications are like you are putting a exhaust on your back that is expelling gases that are giving you access to a double jump. Or like the the night vision is like you are taking the eyeballs out of like like different creatures and molding them together. Like it, it's it is this insane and grotesque thing that is also a pretty good video game. Uh, where the shooting feels good and the like the stealth feels good. Yeah, it's like actually old tactical um, yeah. kind of styles. Of- I, I think, though, that it, it is pretty much like if, if you can get into the aesthetic of it, then you'll dig the game. But I, I also think that there is a lot of people who will look at this game and just be like, no, that's not for me. And that's fine. But it's a good game. Uh, currently at 97% positive on Steam. And there is, oh, and there is also like the levels are. There are like secret exits, and you're, if you you're like looking around the level for like secrets, and that's a big part of the game is like hunting secrets because there's like dozens of different weapons, and the weapons are, uh, you find a weapon in the level and you leave with it, and then you have access to that weapon. Uh, I found a fishing rod, so I can fish, and I could sell the fish. Love that. Love a game with that's a, fishing. That's a that's a classic. Always puts an extra point on the score for James because we get one thing that's, here. that is weird about this game. And I don't know if this is also uh, just because this is, it is what it is, but uh, it is hard to tell who is a civilian sometimes and who is not. Is that purposeful? And you lose money for killing civilians. Oh, so you, you do need to be mindful to like figure out who is a civilian and who has a gun. That's cruelty. I would like I would. I, I don't know if you want to, but I would like to talk about Oath because we didn't. We can we, talk about Oath. Uh, we didn't really talk about Oath the first time you played it. Yeah. Um, is that it for video games? I've also been... I, I think I've mentioned this game before, but after playing Slormancer a bit, and, you know, it is very early access, and I think that that game needs... Uh, it it really needs to get finished. It, it is currently very light. I played the I first hour to, of it, but... Yeah, yeah, what did you think? Um, I, 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 the writing is adorable. Um. The gameplay feels really good, actually. Like, they have a good 
style, and I think that it, yeah. It'll, what it'll character did you play? Ranger. Yeah, yeah. They have cool abilities. They have cool runes. It there. It is. Uh, it takes the best of Wilson in terms of like leveling up abilities and uh, getting new stuff. But I actually went back to playing Chronicon again, which I think I talked about on this podcast. It's a very. It's like a very very pixely um, action RPG. Where it has uh, four classes, but every class has four subclasses. So there's like a there's a warlock, but inside the warlock you could be a lich, a demonologist, a I don't know, like a, a reaper, and uh, I don't know, like a toxicologist of some sort. But then you're mixing those classes, and it like leans very heavily into uh, sets of items and like unlocking different set bonuses. Uh, so I've just been digging that. I, I think that the only negative about that game is just that uh, unlocking different uh, armor and weapons doesn't change your character aesthetically. It just sort of changes uh, your abilities and things like that. Uh, so that is the one negative. But otherwise, Chronicon is a really solid um, action RPG with like so many abilities, like so so much like class expression. And like so much, like it, it is so ARPG. Like it is such an action RPG. Like everything that it is doing is just about collecting items and like unlocking new spells and and stuff like that. And then just like infinitely running through procedurally generated dungeons. Uh, so that's vi- that's the video games I have aside from Valorant, which we don't have to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know how much we talked about Ko. I did play, I have been playing Phasmophobia again. So Phasmophobia is a cooperative ghost hunting game uh, that is in early access, uh, originally made by one person, but they have uh, recently got a team of people. And one thing that's kind of cool about this early access is that they are um, very active on their Trello board and on just a telling people about what their roadmap is. They recently put in two new uh, ghosts, one of which is the yokai, which is my favorite ghost because like the the thing about this game is that like it is listening to like the the communication that you have with people near you. And there is like a radio, which is long range communication and short range communication. And like when the ghost becomes active and starts hunting people, the radio is cut out. And if you talk, the ghost will hunt you down. And the cool thing that I like about the new yokai ghost is that uh, it be, it is more active the more people are talking. So it creates and, and like it will start hunting like a, it'll hunt like a lot if people are talking. So it creates like this weird situation of I want to talk to, you know, figure out objectives with people. But if I'm in the house and I'm talking, I'm going to get hunted. And I also just like it when the ghosts are more active. So it's cool that they're adding in ghosts that are more active. And they're, they're, they've sort of been like adjusting the way that ghosts work in general, where the, it, it, a ghost, uh, it is more easy to identify the ghosts, not just based on clues, but based on the ways that they act and on different circumstances. So they've, they've really been leaning into uh, the different, uh, of making the ghosts more distinct of like, there is a shade and the shade will only hunt people who are alone. So very often people will be like, I'm going to go out to the truck and get stuff. And if you're the only one left in the house with a shade, it'll like enter hunting mode immediately. It'll also do the thing of like 
you know, people are collecting stuff, they're gonna, they're cycling out of the house. And then as two people left, and before the third person can leave, the ghost shuts the door and starts hunting you. And like, that is like the distinct characteristic of a shade. And, and they, so that's been cool. Yeah, I know that I, I still I do love the way that they did it. They, I, I can't think of other games that even attempt to try this like the, like the, the, the formula that the, the uh, designer that the dev created was is, is amazing. Like this idea of uh, of trying to uh, weed out what the spirit you're being randomly that, that is being randomly thrown at you by is by. Uh, crossing things off or like figuring out like what it does and i i love that i I actually kind of like dig that that concept um i think it would be cool for a game to uh maybe with like like someone else to attempt that kind of style with maybe like hunting a monster or something and it was like and it would be like you're uh the same kind of thing but maybe not a ghost like you're in a jungle or something or different environments and you're trying to figure out based on like footprints or like what it's leaving behind or scratches and like all these kind of things to figure out like what is actually in the woods or whatever like or or they could do one with like uh like bigfoot and va- vampires and shit like that you know like oh this is a bigfoot map so do you just say that because ghosts are too spooky um i don't i don't uh i don't love the aesthetic and ghosts are too spooky so maybe go in like it it's it is a very like it's it's a very it's ghosts are spooky um and uh, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not always like a thrill seeker of like horror, and also uh, it's a pretty scary. It's, game. it's pretty. It, 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 when it's not scary, it's hilarious sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, and I so think that among blend. among the things that they've got, like you know, this is a one man team. So imagine like one person trying to do art and trying to program, and like programmers are not always artists, right? Like that is that is a thing, and like the characters in this game look terrible. They've been adding in new ghost models. And some of the new ghost models are definitely scarier. One of them is like just a shadow and like a like a, a shadow creature, and that one's like pretty spooky. But I I do think that one of the people that they hired was like an animator slash artist. So I, I'm hoping that the game becomes a little less stupid looking. Yeah, and I love very, I like love the, the way that, that you the, the way yeah. that people move. I'll never get yeah. over it. Like the the character only bends at the waist it's so funny looking like and it, part of that is because the game is vr right so oh yeah it, that was it, is, it is both it is both a vr game and a non-vr game so when you're playing the game and you're not in vr the characters like bend in such a weird way if i had a vr headset this would be like one of the first games that i would i think that'd be too uh, spooky, spooky actually that's too spooky for me i'm into it yeah uh those are the video games i played besides Valorant, but we played Oath yesterday. Oath is the uh, the newest game by Cole Worley, the the, the board game creator of Root um, by Leader Games, who's also done Vast. But if if you know them by anything, you know them by Root. It's one of the, I, I would probably say that it's probably also one of the most well-known board games at this point among the uh, new board game crowd. For those who don't know, there's a resurgence of board games going on right now. I know we talk uh, about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd we be weird to not know often. about that and then also listen to. Them. Um, yeah, so Oath is a, a pretty unique game uh, where it is essentially like it, it's a it's a store it's a game that is the story of a kingdom uh, that is told throughout the turns and at the end of every game, uh, the way that the game ends determines uh, how the game will be set up next. 
it's not a legacy game exactly because you're not tearing things up you're sort of just cycling things in and out of the game and the kingdom throughout the game like whoever wins uh the areas in which they ruled become canonical to the next game to the next realm the next region and in terms of how the game plays it is it's a little harder to explain yeah uh, it is sort of like uh, a 4x uh tableau based game yeah it's like where it's a lot of things at once it's like half dudes on a map and like some level like of politics the, yeah the areas that you control give you access to different powers but it's not based on the tile it's based on who lives there yeah that's like the main kind of thing about the game like because people have been so bad at explaining it and if it's anything it's like a dudes on the map where controlling every uh area on the map you can play um cards down to and the cards have different benefits whether it's like they give you an action yeah. or a bonus, or you can use them to uh, trade with the suit of the card, which is like the guild. Yeah, um, I will say that far and away, the biggest draw of this game to me is that every card in the game is unique. Um, yeah. Because of that, you can't like solve the game. Like there are, your strategy needs to be tailored to what you draw. And there are so many cards in this game that just feel like busted, essentially. Like they feel like they completely change how the game works. Um, and, and we saw some of these happen like immediately in our game. So there is, for example, one of the win conditions is to hold onto this banner and it's called the banner of the darkest secret. And in order to take the banner from somebody else, you have to offer more secrets than it currently has on. So essentially as the game goes on, it becomes harder and harder for the banner to trade hands because the first time you need two secrets and the next time you need three you secrets. You don't even technically because you, oh. you just you need to put more on. So you could always... Yeah, so it's, yeah. so it's going like back and forth. Like it's going to trade hands. But the win condition of this game that we played specifically was hold this banner. So at the very start of the game, I got access to a card that let me put more secrets on the banner of the darkest uh, while I hold it. So every turn, I could just put more secrets on it. So I essentially created this situation where it would become extremely challenging from someone to take this banner away from me. And I started out as the kingdom. So there are, you play as either the chancellor, so you are an imperial or you are an exile uh, who is playing against it. They have different win conditions. And then uh, on, a, on a tertiary note, there is also a citizen. So players can become citizens who essentially will be part of the kingdom. They will be, you know, they will sort of work for the chancellor in a way and that like they share an army. But then there are ways, they also have different win conditions. Uh, but this game was totally upended by the fact that I had access to this card at the very start of the game that was making it so that I could fuel the banner of the darkest secret myself. So it, it created this very weird situation of everyone's priorities were different because they could not hope to get the banner from me. So they had to go for alternative win conditions of which this game has so many. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that, that's probably the other aspect of this game that is difficult to explain is like the, the King has kind of just one, um, uh, the, the chancellor has like kind of the one major, um, uh, win condition, which is being the oath keeper. Um, and then the citizens have like 
one major uh, uh, win condition, objective, which is the yeah. which is a sub objective of whatever the king is doing. So, like you said, in this one, it was king uh, have the kingdom hold the darkest secret, um, and the second the sub objective was citizen steals the uh, grand. The successor scepter. was to have the grand scepter, which yeah. is a it's an Very item hard that thing. the king always starts with, the chancellor always starts with. And it is the item that lets people transform from exiles into citizens. Uh, but usually this is an item that doesn't change hands. Like it, it, it is very powerful and it is very hard to take it because it offers so much defensive power. So it is very rare uh, that the Grand Scepter actually changes hands. Unless. Unless. Um, but but uh, so, so yeah, there's a lot of like, there's, there, there's, uh, the, and then the other thing was like the exiles. They have the most win conditions, but they're kind of on the most back foot. Like there's, they have no team, but they, yeah, so they can it, draw case, these yeah. visions. And the, the vision, there's, there's five cards that have this vision back. Um, you could see them in the, in the deck. Um, you could see that yeah, anyone has so, drawn them. Yeah. So as you're searching, uh, for cards that grant different powers, uh, the exiles are also searching this deck for these alternative win conditions. And specifically in the game that we were playing. Uh, becoming, uh, like, in or the Exile's goal, first and foremost, was to get the Banner of the Darkest Secret. But because of the setup, that was kind of off the t for the for the Exile. So they had to sort of seek out these alternative wins. But at the same time, they could go for the Grand Scepter because the Grand Scepter would turn them into citizens, uh, which would give them that alternative win condition of having the Scepter. Yeah. So that kind of became the focal point of this game because getting the darkest secret was off the table. So it really did become about the either find a vision that's going to win you the game or get the scepter. Yeah. And it was interesting because throughout the game, uh, one of the exiles straight up at the start of the game said, I'm going to steal the banner. From, I'm going to steal the scepter from you. Like he and, and he was very clear about it. He's like, I'm going to create this insane army. Uh, and I'm going to steal the scepter from you. And it was very clear through all of the moves that he did. He was very clever about it, where he just kept building up this army and he kept making this very fortified area that was full of battle plans that were just going to make it uh, so powerful when he finally decided to strike. And then one exile was kind of lost for the whole game, but essentially found a vision uh, where they wanted the people's favor. So they had this opposite win condition based around the economy of the game where they were just going to try to win on economy and, and make it happen. So everybody was vying for different things. Yeah. And the other crazy thing about this game is that it ends on a dice roll essentially. Yeah. The where first as, time where, as where, as the game enters, it's like fifth or sixth turn. Uh, if the chancellor rolls a six on a dice, the game ends and the chancellor or the Imperials win. Uh, and then on the next turn after that, you roll a five, then the Imperials win. So the so the Exiles are sort of trying to meet their win conditions before this ticking time bomb sets off, where the Imperials take it. Yeah. Um, there's, like, I, I, if anything, the, the thing that I, I, I continue to like the most about it is that uh, this game, and I, I think Shut Up and Sit Down had a really good review. Um, I still haven't watched it. Uh, and one of the main and one of the main things that I've heard from other reviews that I've thought of myself too, uh, but I'm I'm kind of stealing some of the language of this from Shut Up and Sit Down is that it, this game is like better than um, uh, 
a lot of legacy games or games that try to create a narrative at creating an at, at actually creating kind of story beats um without even trying in a lot of cases like in legacy games emergent game in, in, in a lot of other games that would have that kind of emergent gameplay there would be a lot of like writing things down or like what do you want to name this character and like some of that because it's like outside of the mechanics of the game but uh the the thing that is really crazy about this game is that the mechanics of the game are the story in a lot of cases like you could just explain when you just explain turns it sounds like you're explaining a story in a lot of cases. Like when you just say, uh, you know, in the wastelands, there's like, so like uh, on this turn, Paul traveled to the wastelands to meet the welcoming party, which was the only people there. Which and, is still the funniest thing did, to me. And did something. It's so like, funny to me. Or when you say like, uh, you know, the two citizens were fighting, it went to the marshes and fought back and forth over the scepter and stuff uh like everything like the names of the cards the names of the places the the moves you make like you're mustering an army you are traveling to the steps you are fighting uh to steal the relic back from the chancellor everything like like the the wording in it and the actions you're taking feel thematic feel narrative in a way the that art like backs it. And, and the art backs it, yeah, absolutely. Like, and the, just everything kind of just kind of goes into automatically creating this like wild uh, narrative. Uh, I, I I really dig like how much that pops um, in, in almost like a D and D way, or like maybe closer to like what I've w- always wanted out of Ti a little bit. Like the you know having that element of like a war game with politics, um, having like being able to look back on it. Uh, for the interesting moments for like, oh, the, a new law popped up and the the calm turtle people did something violent and, you know, you, like stuff like that. Like these interesting stories that are created through the mechanics and that like Oath is doing that like so effortlessly. It, it, it's, it's wild. It just happens. Like I, I think most people that play the game would agree that even if you... Yeah. didn't do well or it, or you didn't do well or you were like oh it wasn't that fun that round uh yeah. that game e- of it effortlessly is an interesting word to use because i would disagree on that because this game does take a lot of effort no it's, it's it takes so. a lot of effort to learn like it is that uh i was calling this game a cones of dunshire thing and uh shut up and sit down called the chancellors of dunshire so i'm halfway to being a, a, a board game writer but uh y- the game is is easily one of the most complicated games I have ever played. Um, it is it is without a doubt actually on that kind of TI level of uh, even once you've explained the rules or played it a lot, like you sometimes you get these like weird cases where you're having to like relook up the rules or stuff like the campaigning is so complicated. That's, I feel like that's actually the only part of the game that I keep getting tripped up on is there, how weird the combat is. Yeah, the combat is bizarre. Like and And even just like for a new player trying to wrap your head around it is like there's these defensive dice and you're basically trying to attackers trying to have a number higher than the defender to win the battle um they roll offensive dice for every unit they're using but the defender doesn't the defender has their units and then they roll defensive dice based on what they're defending so like the, the territory has defensive dice the what the armory and stuff the relics, they have, the relics yeah. have defensive dice 
and uh, they're rolling defensive dice and then adding the result of the defensive dice plus their army. The attacker is rolling attacking dice, and then at the end of that, if they're lower than defensive dice, they can destroy their own troops to equal the greater number. Like it's it, it and then you can and then also just like targeting is very weird. Um, uh, like. You can target people. You have to target someone at the site you're at, but can you target? Like, I feel like it's always a thing of like, can you target them if it's just their warband? You can target them as their warbands, or if there's anything at a site. If if you can target them if there's warbands, not just their pawn. If their if their pawn is at their site, you can target them directly. Um, there's there's so much that goes you're up. giving me a headache. I know, it's insane. Um, but, but yeah, the, the stories that have been created from it are, are great. It is like a super random game. I can imagine a lot of people really disliking it. Like the, the cards are incredibly imbalanced and that's not a problem. Uh, I think that like this game, the, the, it, it really leans into it. This game to me feels most like people complained about Cole Worley's um, kind of bad game design elements, like the, the, the times where his da- games don't come together. In Root, usually there's some there's really bad king making. Um, it just gets to the point usually where there's one or two factions. There's like two factions or one faction that uh, are doing very well and they're ahead of the game. And then people, you know, a turn starts and then the rest of the table is like, you gotta screw with them. You gotta screw with the 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 uh like the woodland people like the the woodland alliance they're doing way too well like you have to you have to tear them down so then people take a couple turns in a row to like screw with the woodland alliance and then suddenly the game ends because like someone else skyrockets into yeah. first and it becomes unstoppable and it's the same it's like the biggest issue with like munchkin also which is a, a less good game but i i think also that you do have to be okay with king making in this game but the other thing is it's it's not always a game where you want to win like there are times where like you would be okay losing uh so one example of this is uh we talked a little bit about the kingdom but there is also the chance that you don't like the kingdom you've created and you know that if you win the game uh, you, you know that if you've won the game that you are beholden to the kingdom you have created where the same where the welcoming party still lives in the wastes the elders live in the plains and, and maybe you you would prefer to have things shaken up right so there is also this effort of like instead of king making let's talk about king unmaking king yeah. destroying right yeah, where like we want the world to be dismantled. We want the world to be in cinders. So let's go after this person. And that person being like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. And, and I could totally see that. Like, I I think that this game is more interesting for the stories that it tells. But also, I, I think that this is a game because it doesn't have points. There, there are no points in this game. So things can totally just like turn on a dime where someone does something where they get the banner of the darkest secret and and then the dice rolls in a certain way and and the game just kind of like ends and they won and you have to be okay with that because you have to be okay with accepting it for the story that it is yeah it is really interesting because like a lot of games have these elements these these neg- these elements that people point to as negatives like as a people, negative people yeah. people point to king making king making as a as a negative element and then there's another aspect of games of like if we sat down and played brass birmingham uh brass like birmingham uh you know 
two or three times in a day and you won the first two times, I think there would be a time where people would just start being frustrated with it, where it'd be like, I don't care who wins, but it's not Mason. Like there'd be like those kind of things or like someone screws someone over at the end of a game of, of uh, root and then the other person doesn't forget it. And then the next game starts and you go in with that memory of like last time we were cool up until halfway through the game. And then you like convinced everyone to stab me in the back and you won for it, and it was bullshit, and we are not friends from the beginning of this. And this game, like, makes, uses that, all that in, like, a really interesting way. Like, this game uses that, like, that, like, if you were winning multiple, like, the fact that you won and then you kind of carried your kingdom over because the citizens and the Imperials won is getting to the point where people are sick of it. People are like, I, yeah. I like, like, this, this legacy that you created has lasted two games. The world has continued to build up to the point of being like almost completely explored and yeah, people are sick I, of it. I don't like we're going I, into another. And, and you, you do have to wonder though, if our experience of the game is based, and this is true for every single board game out there. If our experience of the game is based off of the group that we play with, or maybe if there were other people who we were playing with, maybe, you know, friends we used to have that we don't have anymore, uh, that if we were playing with them, we would be having a worse time. But the fact that the group that we're playing with is so chill and is really into the thematics of the game, is welcome to, uh, you know, I'm going to do this, don't take it personally, uh, that that, you know, makes this a better game than it would be. But that's true of every board game, right? Yeah. Where the the enjoyment you're going to have is based off of the group you're playing it with, for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I still had, it was one of my favorite, like, in, in my entire span of playing board games i think it is like to me become my most memorable moment of like i was like shaking because i was i was so excited for it uh the the i, I just have to say it like i so i was a citizen i was made a citizen in the first game um and uh Four weeks ago and and you ended up winning and I carried over. Uh, I thought, like, I didn't know how good it would be to start as a citizen, but it made more sense thematically. And also because it was just like, I don't really necessarily care about winning. I just want to see what happens. And it would be more interesting from a narrative standpoint to think of Chancellor, Citizen, Exile, Exile, rather than Chancellor, Exile, Exile, Exile. Um, but um, so the the game is going... A lot of people are, like you said, uh, one of the exiles is building up a huge army. The other exile is just searching, like, in the, in the, the way. He's looking for an answer. looking for an answer. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Give me, like, a vision or something. So that's what's happening with them. Um, meanwhile, like, enough has happened that, and, like, you're not building up your armies so much as you're just searching and building up engines you've got like a good thing going with the you you just started you lucked into like a massive engine with having this card called the storyteller where you can spend to put a spend a favor to put a secret from the bank onto the darkest secret uh wherever it is and which is which you had it you started the game with it in this particular game so everything is going great for you and it's pretty pretty unlikely that and that exile is going to take it so you, like you said like they're not Actually even did have quite a few defenses they're not even like the defenses were kind of one thing that i was working on uh looking... because it was the only thing i had to do was hunker down yeah because i knew that there was a looming threat of the exile building up that army so while so meanwhile i'm a citizen and I, i'm in such a weird spot uh gameplay wise like and 
exactly like you might think you are narratively because it kind of this this works out so well if you think about it like if you you're if you're a rich royal family and you're in good favor with the king or something you're you're a citizen versus these exiles like of course you and the king like you you don't want these exiles these like filth to do well and the king hates the exiles more than they hate you absolutely like the king is going to probably go to bat and and you actually use the king's forces as well so you have this uneasy alliance of like we both are in the same kingdom we both use the same military troops we both like for in a lot of intents and purposes are the same player for most of the game building up like our, our same like armies or building up the same board state um but you don't really but like part of you is like well i still would want to do better than the king so as much as I'm friends with the king, it's like I don't want them to do that well because I want to do better than them. I got I'm not I don't want to be second fiddle. So like I'm just I, like as a citizen, uh, I'm not as worried about the uh, the exiles. I don't want to build. I don't care about building up the army that much. I'm just trying to figure out like I'm just kind of like searching here and there, traveling around, um, like partaking in different things, uh, just trying to look like look for whatever uh, kind of presents itself, whatever opportunity presents itself. Um, meanwhile, so meanwhile, the exile that was looking for the visions find has two visions in their tableau. And you can see that they're visions because like we said, the card back is different. Uh, there are four visions that could win you the game. And there's a fifth that anyone can use, even the chancellor called the conspiracy. And the conspiracy has this very weird special rules. The rules are that you need to travel to the exact same spot that a, that, and that a person's pawn are that you want to do the conspiracy use the conspiracy against you have to have um two of the of the same suit of their advisors and you have to burn a secret um to be able to do the conspiracy and what the conspiracy does is it allows you to if these conditions are met take one thing from them without question like so there's there's certain things like you said that could be really hard to fight over or like nearly impossible to ever change hands stuff like the Imperial Scepter is like nearly impossible to ever change hands, and the the Darkest Banner at some point, as it, the secrets get built on it, becomes impossible to change hands. So, as my successor goal was to take the dark the the uh, the Grand Scepter from you, and the exile that was building up the military is trying to take the Grand Scepter from you through force. So, the whole game, I'm kind of just like I need to get the Grand Scepter somehow, or exile myself for a vision, or make it so that you lose and just we start again, like ashes to ashes. But um. So at one point I got a card called, I think it was the Inquisitor, and Inquisitor says, uh, when you reveal this card, you could play it, look at an enemy's, uh, put a favor on this, and look at an enemy's card. Uh, you, so I could flip over any of their face down cards. And it says, if it's the conspiracy, play the conspiracy or destroy it. Uh, but you have to be on the same spot as someone else. So... The exile who had who I kind of figured they like they must have the conspiracy and it should be one of these one or one of these two cards that they have. Um, I don't really want to use the conspiracy against them. Like they didn't have anything physical to take from them, so like there wouldn't be any use from it. And it has to be on the same spot. So I ha- so once I got this card, I'm waiting for Star Star Line. I have to wait for the exile who I think definitely has the conspiracy to go on the same spot as the Chancellor for me to be able to take the the to, to use to to, to flip it up. flip it over there's a lot of things that have to yeah go right i have to flip it over i have to have the exact i have to first have the right 
uh, suits to, to match the Chancellor. I have to have the secret to burn. I have to have everything ready. And I have to make sure that the conspiracy is on the same spot as the Chancellor and the stars aligned. I was able to go to it in one turn, like, uh, uh, get everything ready, like, leave the, the, the safe, like, area, the sacred grove that I was at, uh, take the, like, steal the, use an exile's conspiracy to steal the scepter from the chancellor and then leave back to like this like sacred growth thing. It was like, it was such an awesome, like I had so much fun doing it. I was like, there's no way this will help me win because it's too early in the game and shit's going to happen. But I have the scepter now. And like now this is pretty You sort of set in motion what would make me lose, right? Because I ended up losing because uh, the larger army was able to take the scepter from you. Not because you were weaker, but just because you are infamously bad at rolling dice. Yeah. I so that there there was so then what happened was the exile with the large army fought me for it and had a perfect card. A card the the scepter itself is like so well defended. You roll tons of uh defense dice, but this but the exile had a card, a one-time use card that was like negate all of the defense dice rolls. It was yeah. you, the only thing you could roll are doubles and uh, the times two, which is like rarer, it's like really rare on the defense dice. There's a lot of there's I think there's two blanks, two single shields, and one double and one times two. So he negated my entire roll basically to where I had no defense, and he he stole the scepter away from me, and then he used the scepter to make himself a citizen, which created his own win condition because. Now he created himself a citizen, he owns the scepter, and the win condition of the current game is, for the successor, is be the citizen and hold the scepter. So, like, he's completely done it. So then after that, the rest of the game started to be me building up, you, you him and me, two citizens, using the king's forces to fight their own battles over the scepter, and it was a hot potato for, like... Like he had it, and then I had it, and then he had it, and we and like we, we were getting these dice rolls that could end the game, and whoever had it at the time, uh, like the dice roll would happen, and it would be like, I hope I have it when the dice roll's happening, when the game ends. It was crazy, and then it all came down to like I had everything I needed to take it back for the final time. He would have no military, and the king, you like because your 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 supply, your your number of turns. Is, or like your ability to make your moves is based off of your military and both of your citizens are just building up your military and fighting and killing each other with it that you don't have a lot of turns you don't have a lot of supply to use so uh i i thought i was i was it was perfect he had one single troop he had really low supply and he had no resources and he was built he built up a really weak army I, ha- I should have had everything. I was like, I have I have defensive strategies. I have the Imperial Scepter. He doesn't have the card anymore that lets him negate dice. Everything is going great. I should be able to win it. And I just rolled so poorly. And he took it back from me. And then you rolled a uh, five and ended the game. That's how it's, it is. And he's the champion. And it was and it was fulfilling. It was it was great. It was great. Like it was like it was ridiculously tense. And it was very funny. And it was like a it was exactly the kind of thing that this game just does. Like. A exile, a citizen made a wild conspiracy play to steal the scepter. An exile stole the scepter from the citizen, making himself a citizen. And then the citizen sat there in the marshes, constantly fighting each other to steal back this scepter while the king just like watches his troops be like decimated in infighting. It was wild. Like, it's just great. It works out. It works out so well. Agreed. Me too. 
That's games. Would you recommend people to buy Oath? That is such an easy thing to say, and that is if you have a group of people that uh, will play this, don't buy this game if you like. If you don't have a group group that won't be consistent, it's it's a super um, complex game, so it's not going to be a good game for you to get out one time in front of like a family group and have the family just be like, "That was too much. I don't like that. I don't want to do that again." And like you said before, if you have a group that's like hyper analytical and cares a lot about winning and wants to uh, wants like more like plays more of those like Euro games where uh, there's less take that there's less randomness, they want to be able to math out a strategy and engine and then consistently win uh, based on good playing all of this, like I would say no to um, it's it's expensive. It's like one hundred dollars. And then getting the nice additional stuff like the good coins or the good secret books um and the chronicle that you write in between games i think equals all together will cost you 160 um and yeah you need i feel like this is a game where you do need to have people return to it like if you if the group if it's the kind of group that would like like betrayal legacy or something it's definitely the group that would like oath where it's like you you like the stories you like coming back to the table and playing the same game and seeing what will come of it and you're fine with like losing then those things are fine but if it's like a group that is like goes together and uh just plays tons of like you know gaia project or brass birmingham and you hate randomness then no you're gonna hate it's ryan i think i think i know what game i should buy now uh monster hunter stories 2 rings of ruin and oath oh those are good games right there they are you already have them so they're good for you cruelty squad is so good but i really just can't recommend it to everyone you know but I think you can look at it and figure out if it's a game you'd like. But that Monster Hunter Stories 2, I feel like that game is probably going to be less popular than it should be. You think so? It, we'll it looks like it's got some. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's. I think it reviewed pretty well. But I, I think that the issue that people had is they, there were some low scores because of uh, the Nouveau. And then there were some low scores because of uh, the frame rate on Switch. So neither of the neither platform is really perfect for it. But... Man, JRPGs on the Switch, that is the JRPG machine right yeah. there. If only, this was, if only they, they made a better Switch and not just an I know. Switch Pro or a Switch U. Switch. New Switch. The yeah. new Nintendo Switch. Yes. Um, that's the deal with games. WTDGpodcast.com. That's the website. Uh, Twitter is at sign WTDGpodcast. Where uh, whenever an episode comes up, you could notify yourself on Twitter or notify yourself on spotify or whatever your platform is thank you ryan galloway and oh my god thank you ryan, thank you ryan galloway bumper, and bumper. Using that? yeah I, I haven't switched it over yet thank you ryan galloway and bumper for the use of music we use the intro and outro you can get it off the new album pop songs 2020 you can find them at youtube where you can get links to all their merch i have their shirt i have their uh album their lp I, i've got the the is it an lp it's an ep ep right? it's little it's miniature i thought it was the other way around i thought it was little no is it length? maybe i don't know is ep extended thought... or is lp long play which is the long one ah ep versus lp i thought e- lp was the long one ep is a medium length album that has a few yeah. number of songs so lp an, is the so full one so it's an ep it's an ep there you go usually four to six songs long the difference between lp and ep is that lp is long playing there you go what is well then what does the ep mean long playing versus what does the ep mean let's see ah oh, it doesn't extended play Long play versus extended play? Who would make this? Referred to a type of vinyl record that was played at a different speed than the standard policy. Oh, okay. So it, ha- it doesn't even have to do necessarily with that. Okay. 
So there's SPs, EPs, and LPs. All right. Okay, this is this is neither here nor there. Video games. To the moon. To the moon. Okay. Right, I gotta. I gotta go. Eat.